Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here with co-host Dustin Jackson. Woo! That's me! Guess what, Mitchell? What's up? I'm wearing my uh, podcasting shirt today. What's on it? Uh, LeChuck. It's a shirt I got for Christmas. That ha- It's a big picture of LeChuck's face, and it says, uh, LeChuck's Traditionally Crafted Grog. Hmm. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, that's good. I figured, uh, you know what? I might as well wear that one for the Telltale podcast. You know, uh, our sister podcast, which is something I've decided in the moment and haven't checked with them <laughs> about, uh, The Conversation just put out shirts for themselves, and there are now new Conversation shirts. There are, there are. Uh, do rumor you think we should do it. Telling the Tale shirts? Oh, sorry, what does the rumor say? Oh, I was just going to say, rumor has it that uh, some of those shirts might have some of my designs in the future. I think they might even in the present. Wow, that that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> the future comes fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think we should do Telling the Tale shirts? If so, what should be on them? Um... What what was what was the Sam and Max XBs from CSI? Was it uh, Fuzzy and Bill? Fuzzy and yeah, <laughs> that'd yeah, be pretty Fuzzy good. And Bill. <laughs> well, no, I don't know if we can do that. They're still copyrighted characters, I guess. Telltale would still... are they? I mean, yeah, I guess Maybe. I guess just by nature of it being a video game, who owns the copyright on that though? It was published by Ubisoft, developed by Telltale, based on a Telltale parody idea and then it was licensed for the csi brand which is itself probably owned by like five different people that's true we could we could probably do it yeah no one would They're, know who yeah owns they would it. be like well which one of us is gonna go after them for it well, i i don't know we could we uh, should put out a shirt that just says marty party <laughs> the, yeah it's all csi jokes <laughs> <laughs> that, that like defines our time with Telltale. That's, yeah, it's so funny that CSI, bottom of the barrel for Telltale uh, on this show so far, but, like, it's the one I go to for merch ideas. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, all those things, though, are just, like, that would be good for a Telltale shirt, but a Telling the Tale shirt, it it would have to be us in some way. Oh, Uh, that's true. Something we did. We didn't come up with Fuzzy and Bill. (laughs) That's true. We never once came up with it. Are we funny? <laughs> Do we come up with bits? Do people maybe, like us? I think we're funny, but maybe not t-shirt funny. That is the height of comedy. <laughs> yeah, we'll work our way up there. We could do yeah. a shirt that says, have a great summer. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, pe- and everyone would get it. They'd say, oh, nice telling the tale reference. You know, I think the uh, have a great time or be really nice and then die era <laughs> of the podcast, uh, the <laughs> the be really nice and then die era of the podcast was probably the shortest era of the podcast compared to have a great summer, which has legs on it that can run for miles, buddy. Uh, but still, I think maybe that would be the shirt <laughs> that would that would end up being like the 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 be be nice and then die. Yeah. Well, yeah, the good thing about that one is no one else has ever said it. <laughs> I think that's probably true. Yeah, that's you... that's a good combination of words. That's a 
uh, telling the tale staple. Be really nice and then die. And then we can have a design of some uh, various underloved by the public but overloved by us telltale characters saying <laughs> in our distinctive off-brand humor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those would sell like hotcakes. They'd fly off the shelves. Yeah, they would sell like hotcakes, which is to say in a bundle of a lot of them at once and then not anymore. <laughs> which is how hotcakes sell. That is true. That is true. Perfect analogy I did. Yeah, because I'd probably have to buy the excess units. You, you can't they would see this right just now? just be in the attic for a while. You can't see this right now, but I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> cool. Uh, good energy to start. We're going to be talking about, believe it or not, not t-shirts today. The t-shirt episode is coming. Uh, <laughs> but today we're actually supposed to be focused on Minecraft Story Mode Season 1 Episode 2, Assembly Required, which, frankly, could have been the name of any Minecraft episode. Assembly that's Required, that's just the whole deal about it. When you uh, think about it, any Telltale episode has some assembly required. Well, th th yeah, the episodes themselves were built yeah, exactly. by developers. Yeah. <laughs> Great point, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that one out there. Uh, released originally on October 13th, 2015, directed by Jason Latino. We've seen his name pop up a lot in these, uh, I don't, I don't think The Walking Dead, actually, but like a lot of the, um, kind of Walking this era. Dead-like games. Yeah, this We've era Jason of Telltale. Latino a lot. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a common director of these episodes, and I, I wonder what his style is because i it's it's getting harder and harder to look at these names let me sorry let me just finish the list of, of names i've got here written by joshua rubin eric sterp and timothy williams and designed by joe ching michael mccormick stephen mcmanus and grady standard okay what i what i was gonna say before <laughs> was it's getting harder and harder to look at these names and find any kind of creative through line we, I think we used to be able to do it a little bit more, especially bit, in the pre-Walking yeah. Dead era, mm -hmm. when different games can be more different from each other. Now they are um, sort They're of very... converging yeah. into one gameplay style. They're pretty similar. It's hard to get a, uh, a personal touch in them. Yeah, I'm going to be continuing to write down... Uh, I'll just be writing down all the director, writer, and designers for... Every episode we do, just to make sure that we have some semblance of, of keeping it kosher and, and making sure that we're crediting the right people. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm getting less and less out of it in terms of understanding more about the game. Same. Same. Yeah. I, would, I would love to talk to Jason Latino and, uh, and just ask him. Just pick his brain a little bit. Yeah, because... Ask him what I... his style is. Yeah, because I don't want to sell these writers and directors short or anything, but uh, it, it does kind of start to mesh together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I can imagine that, like, there are there are games and projects that I have my name on in the credits out there that if people looked at them and they then looked at the design of the game and tried to say, okay, Mitchell Wolf, what's his style of gameplay design and then looked at that 
they would probably not get anything that's actually useful in understanding my gameplay design. Like, a lot of the time, you're just sort of building the game that needs to exist. Yeah. And... You're, you're part of a bigger machine that all comes together to make a product. Yeah, not to say that um, their design fingerprints aren't on it. They absolutely are. Mm-hmm. And not to say that it's not creative. It totally is. But yeah, you're going to be... Your work is going to be more informed by the requirements of the project a lot of the time than uh, what you are bringing to it out of the ether. Exactly. The creative ether. Yeah, it it feels a little bad just uh not t- just saying it like that it's it makes me feel a little bad not being able to point out like oh yeah, this person I can see their touch on it, but uh them's the breaks, I guess. Yeah, like um I I'm not sure we picked up on it like during it during when we were doing it, but now in retrospect, if I saw David Grossman's name on the the list of writers and designers, I would probably be able to feel it. Right. Uh, the the Grossman episodes of the Telltale games were definitely they they had a feel to them. They mm-hmm. they definitely had an, a vibe. And that was probably the name I felt that with the strongest, but it was all over the place. Yeah, like, I, I remember uh, when we were discussing Strong Bad, a couple mm-hmm. episodes really stood out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the the second one with, like, the board game. Um, it's been so long, I can't possibly remember who exactly it was that directed that one. But I, I remember we uh, talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or Sean Vanneman and Jake Rodkin on The Walking Dead. Yeah. That, those, those creators feel... Um, there was a there was a feeling to having them around. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I'm with with Minecraft and um, Michonne maybe a little bit, and I I would not be surprised if this continued with uh, Game of Thrones in the next season. We do. I I would bet it's going to continue. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little unfortunate, but I think, uh, you know, they still come together and uh, put together a nice little game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's enjoyable. It's a good way to spend about an hour. And this time, I really do mean about an hour. Yeah, it was extremely short. You told me last night that it was short, and I was still shocked when it ended today. Yeah, because full disclosure, uh, I had multiple times throughout the week leading up to the the recording of this episode that I had some time set aside and I didn't really have anything else I needed to get around to doing. And, you know, it it was nighttime. I was by my lonesome. I had the world in front of me and I thought (laughs) I could just play Minecraft story mode season one, episode two assembly required right now and get it kind of out of the way. And three or four times I thought about doing it and thought, Man, that first episode was kind of boring. I, I sort of don't... It's good. It was, it was fine. While I was doing it, I was engaged with it enough to keep going for that episode. But to, to continue the season, I'm a, I'm a little... I don't know. I don't, no, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm right there with you. Because, like, the first episode, it's competently made. It's not like I had, like, a bad, awful time. But 
it's just not super interesting. And I don't know if that really improves with this one, but at least it's not as long. Like, the first episode was pretty long. Or at least it felt pretty long. It felt like it kept going. Yeah. Um, and this one, if I had known it was so short, I would have probably done it, like, earlier in the week. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. If It's I had, just something you can knock out. When I finally did, last night, sit down to play through this game, I started playing it, and I got to the about the end of the episode, and then I looked up on my phone. I looked up... I never do this. I looked up a walkthrough for the episode. Mm-hmm. And I did it just to see, like, the number of chapters. Right. Just to see, like, okay, how long am I? And I realized, oh, I am actually two minutes from credits. <laughs> I, <laughs> if I didn't look it up, I, I would have just immediately have finished it in that moment. Well, you know what? I can't blame you because I would not have guessed it was so short. No, and, like, when it ends, it doesn't feel like it's about to end, too. It just sort of peters out it just stops yeah so <laughs> let let's talk about something i'm a little disappointed by okay i I'm that's a, a good thing to start with <laughs> well it's, it's about us not about the game oh even better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put on your responsibility hat uh because i feel like we have a bit of a, res- a responsibility to the audience to the developers of these games even if they've never listened to an episode of our show we've done this show to preserve discussion of these games that are in the process of kind of petering out of public consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, we should be able to talk about the whole of an episode, and I don't think that we are this week, because <laughs> at the end of the last episode, we had a choice to go either with Olivia to search out Eligard, who was the member of the Order of the Stone, who was the uh, the brilliant engineer who did a bunch of stuff with Redstone, and uh, she's like the brains of the operation. Right. Or go with Axel to find Magnus, who they call a rogue, but is not really a rogue by most standards, like RPG fantasy standards. It's more like a... A demolitions expert. Yeah, a demolitions expert, which is not a D&D class on its own, but it's it's kind of something. Yeah, you know, he's into the TNT. It, it's something that works in this world better than Rogue, I would say. Yeah, it's he's he's the brawn. He he brings a lot of just firepower and, um, you, you, you know, if this were a bit more adult, he would be the guns guy. He would have right. the... A, a whole armory full of bazookas, etc. He he would be the guy in uh, Tales from the Borderlands with all you, of the guns. You you know, have you felt the disappearance of the bazooka as a pop culture relevant item? Uh, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Kind of. I don't remember the last time a bazooka was like a big thing in something. Yeah, I remember like as a kid... In the 90s or early 2000s, if if you were playing make-believe on the playground, make-believe, like, war or firefight or whatever, or, or just like, hey, I summon a dragon, like, well, it's fine, I have a bazooka, and I blow its head off. <laughs> I win. Yeah, I, I feel like bazooka was, was top of mind <laughs> at the time. And I had, yeah, I, when's the last time anyone's talked about a bazooka? The last time for me, and... 
you know, this isn't the last time it was ever relevant, but I think the last big time it came up for me is uh, the Conker's Bad Fur Day multiplayer. The bazooka's just, like, the go-to, and still is. Like, any time... Okay, that was 22 uh, years ago. Yeah, but even even now, like, any time me and the roommates play it, uh, everyone goes for the bazooka. Um, But... So so that's kind of kept it in my mind as, like, the big thing. But, yeah, I don't remember, like, anything recent talking about just having a big old bazooka. Yeah. Huh. It's more about the bazingas nowadays. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> everyone's way too in those bazingas these days. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no one's talking about mortar shells, and everyone's talking about young Sheldon. Whoa, you did one too. I did one too. That's uh, great. So because we both chose to go with Eligard is the point I was making <laughs> a, a thousand years ago. Um, <laughs> the entire opening, like, half of the episode is different. Yeah, unfortunately, we uh, went the same path and just... I, I didn't even look up what happens with Axel. I probably should have so we could discuss it, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't I just, either. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just also didn't. Uh, the thing with... The thing with that is that, like, I re-listened to our podcast from last week. Mm-hmm. Something I am loath to do, but I do do it occasionally. Just to keep up with what we actually said, because I forget about it as soon as we say it. And I think that both of us had the the prediction that what we were choosing was which one to do first. Yeah, I assumed that we were going to be doing both. Uh, turns out that's not the case. No, we're not choosing which one to do first at all, actually. We're just choosing which one to do. And then the character is going to kind of just do the other one on their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was I was concerned that leaving Axel alone with Lucas would make Axel kill Lucas. I was <laughs> I thought that they were going to not be friends at all because Axel was mad at Lucas a lot. Yeah, it and actually leaving them could, together would be bad. It actually could not be farther from the truth. Uh, they were very productive because Lucas uh, really fortifies uh, your fort that you have going on. And then Axel goes and just gets, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name already. Magnus. Magnus, that's it. He goes off to get Magnus on his own. So leaving them alone together was actually the best possible thing you could do. Well, yeah, I mean, again, we don't know what happens if you do the other one. Yeah. But it seems like Olivia probably would have just done this on her own, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh... It's too bad that that really, like, at the time, I was just kind of like, oh, weird. But now, like, thinking about it in retrospect, it's like, your episode's already so short. Why yeah. not just have us do both? Well, I think that's, in, again, in retrospect, that's probably why it's so short. Yeah. Yeah, Because exactly. if they added the time that it takes to do the Eligard stuff to whatever the Magnus stuff is to the end of the episode, those three parts together, that's about the length of a normal episode, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, I wonder if it was just uh, didn't have the time for it or what, and they just had to cut it out. Uh, 
Which, mm-hmm. understandable, you know, I'm sure uh, it was a tight deadline, but uh, yeah, you really feel it. Especially since in other games, like, uh, I think back to Wolf Among Us, how you can choose to do, like, things in a different order, but you still do, like, the other things. So, it yeah, it's a little disappointing that you don't get that here. You're just locked out of a segment. So, I have a feeling that the entire plot of this episode could be a great opportunity for something that we sometimes do, which Ooh. is we attempt to summarize the episode in literally less than a minute so we can kind of just talk about it rather than walk the audience through it. Right, that's a good idea, and since the episode is so short, I don't think it'll be that hard. So, normally I either just volunteer myself or I volunteer you and you hate it, but uh, I have a coin here. <laughs> and I hate it, wow. Well, you you do seem to, <laughs> uh, but I, I have a coin here. And it's a it's a quarter. It's a uh, not a state quarter because it's more more recent than that. But it's uh, it's got Washington crossing the Delaware on the back of it from 2021. Right. If uh, you call it heads or tails, I want to do heads. I want to do heads. Okay, so if it's heads, you do the summary, and if it's tails, I do the summary. That sounds great to me. Okay. And I, I hope that you trust that I won't lie to you about this. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I've never so, trusted anyone more in my life. Heads you, tails me. Okay. Ooh. Tails me. Okay, okay. I'll do oh, it. I'll heavy. do it. Uh, yeah, I just let it land right on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that gets the audience involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it a little more tactile. Okay, I, I'll do it. 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 Alrighty. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell? You want to say go, and then I'll I'll go when you say it. Okay. Okay. I got this. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So you go to Redstonia, which is the area of the world where Eligard is with Olivia. Eligard's got this giant laboratory, and uh, everyone in the town is trying to be her apprentice because she's just so famous, and everyone loves her little gadgets. You go into the lab. After talking to some of the other people that don't matter. And then she's trying to make a command block, which can alter reality. It's a very important Minecraft piece. You eventually do it, but then that sort of summons the Wither Storm. uh, And then she now believes the Wither is a threat. She goes back to the temple where you find that Petra has come back. Or Gabriel, depending on your choice in the first episode. Then you find that Axel, while you were gone, just sort of went on his own to find Magnus and brought him back. Eligard and Magnus hate each other. But then uh, you realize, okay, the next person to get is Soren. You find Soren's uh, lair, which is in the north, and you just sort of go there. And you find, not Soren, but Ivor is in Soren's place, and he's been shitty, and then you fight. That was good. I love that last bit. He was shitty, and then you fight. Yeah, uh, that was that one is, minute. Yeah, that is the episode. Yeah, anything I really... We, we can talk more about any specific part of that, of course. We have a whole... At least another half hour to go on this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, is there anything else I, I left out? Um, that Those are the big ones. There's not a whole lot going on in this episode. It is kind of, I've noticed that we've had quite a few uh, episode two slumps. You know, we've we've discussed it before, but uh, 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it feels like it's just really hitting in the episode twos lately. Yeah, you know, I think what it probably is, this is my this is my hypothesis, is that episode one is always made separately from the other four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um or in this case seven episodes. Ooh. This is this season is eight. Um b- because it's like a pilot. Right, you you make that episode right. to make sure you know what you want the tone of your season to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. You start dropping the mystery box threads. You you start introducing characters. You make it a really big spectacle to get people on board and interested, and then you determine what worked and what didn't. And then, like your episode two is trying to like eke out a path into actually doing that. Mm-hmm. And then episode three is starting to do that. Yeah, it it's uh it takes some time to start building up to where it's going after establishing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? Here's here's one thing that I didn't bring up. Um, okay, so I I did say that it could be Petra or Gabriel, and for me it was Petra. For me, it was also Petra. Okay, yeah, because we made all the same choices. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do that. We have a bad tendency to do bad podcast choices probably good game choices but bad podcast choices yeah i was thinking about how um i I was thinking about how like last episode we totally could have just like talked i we could have said like okay you do this one i'll do this one then we'll have a lot to talk about but that would feel false i want i want it to be our true choices we make rather than just yeah like making sure we can cover everything so i think we did good yeah, plus, we, in order to do that, we'd have to spoil ourselves on the choices before we actually get to them in the game. Yeah. In order, or, or we just play them at the exact same time, and when we run into a choice, I call you and say, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> it just wouldn't be feasible. It wouldn't be it, feasible, yeah, it would be. Say. It would be silly to try and... Absolutely bonkers. Probably wouldn't even be beneficial to do. But uh, it, <laughs> It'd it does... probably drive a wedge in our friendship, honestly. Yeah, we don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, we would hate each other even more <laughs> if we did this. Um, so so Petra, when she comes back, again, this could be Gabriel, um she she seems like really aloof the whole time. Yeah. Uh just kind of sad. And I thought she was mad at me at first. <laughs> it's like what what the hell did I do? Yeah, because there's there's a bit where everyone's still at the temple and you're trying to find out where Soren is, and you can talk to anyone. And the option, the dialogue option with Petra is just saying, hey, are you all right? And Petra says, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> and, and she said it in a way that was like, oh, man, I one second ago, she said that I saved her and that she was happy about it. But now she seems real sad. Yeah. Uh, you'll, did I lose my Petra points? I lost my pet Petra. <laughs> Um, and near, near the end of the episode, like right before the confrontation with Ivor, which is the silliest animated thing I've ever seen in a Telltale game, <laughs> uh, Petra reveals that her arm basically has the geostigma from Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, and uh, she's got wither sickness. Oh, not wither sickness. Yeah, she says, you got me away from the wither, but... Maybe not fast enough because 
I don't I don't really know what's implied to have happened here. Like on the tractor beam up, maybe she got it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, she's got wither sickness in her body. And right. uh she's sick and weak and her arm doesn't work very well. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes, yeah, this really is just The Walking Dead. We talked about it last week. It's Yeah. <laughs> those comparisons just get stronger and bit. stronger. I gotta cut my arm off. Oh, I'd love to cut someone's Minecraft arm off. <laughs> that would that would be great. It's like played off like exactly the same kind of brutality as The Walking Dead, but it's just removing the arm part off the model. Yeah, it just slices so cleanly down. <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. But, like, it, it's not just that, but it's also the part where you... So, there's a part where you can choose to, like, leave right away to get to uh, Soren's, or you yeah. can wait until morning. That's straight up Walking Dead. Uh, which yeah. one did you choose? I chose to leave right away. Same. And that's okay. just exactly... Like, you have the zombies just out that you fight. It's it's just uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah, I, w- I will say I, I thought about that one a bit. Um, but yeah, eventually it was just, it made more sense. I have to get there now. Yeah. Before Ivor does anything stupid. Yeah. It's, it's weird because they talk about like, oh no, we need to go now to get away from, uh, the wither storm. And I'm just like, well, I thought we should go now because Ivor is like already like almost there. Yeah. We're already behind him. If we want to get there before him, we have like, we probably can't even, but we should still like go now. Yeah. And that was, that was another it's presented to you in a very Walking Dead way as well, because uh, it's Eligard's idea to... Is it Eligard's idea to go now? And then Magnus's to wait until yeah. morning? Yeah, exactly. Which seems you know what? like it should be reversed, because she's the more like cautious, thinky kind of one, and Magnus is just going to go and barrel down everything. Yeah, that's true. Um you know what? Magnus uh, was being a fucker. He's being a real... Uh, yeah, Magnus is he, shitty. Yeah, <laughs> he's both... Mean guy. Yeah, he and Eligard don't get along, but Magnus is the one who is like, D- you're unpleasant. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going with her plan. Like, not only do I think it's a better plan, but even if I didn't, fuck you. Yeah, on the way to Sorens, because you had this whole moment with Eligard, which we can talk a bit more about, I guess. Uh, mm. But on the way to Soren's, Magnus pulls Jesse aside and says, hey, you know, we didn't really meet before, so l- let's talk now. Uh, and he asks, I think he asks about, like, how Gabriel gave her the amulet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And how Gabriel has trusted Jesse to restore the Order of the Stone and, and how that makes her pretty important. I say her for me because my Jesse is a girl. Um. He he says all this stuff, and then Jesse goes, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm I'm proud of it." And <laughs> then Magnus goes, <laughs> "Magnus like, ooh, you must be so strong and talented." <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse says, "Are you making fun of me?" <laughs> <laughs> what a and, shit sucker! And Magnus says, "I don't, I actually don't even know anymore when I make fun of someone. I just kind of <laughs> say what I have to say." <laughs> <laughs> what he has to say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, something I will say, um, Jesse not really doing it for me as a protagonist. I mean, we, we talked about how the characters in general just 
aren't like the most interesting people, but Jesse really does feel like, okay, we just need to have a blank slate. Like even the choices you make with uh, Jesse just feel like so, mm-hmm. I don't know. He has a lot of either uh, I'm, I'm going to say this person's right, or I'm going to say this other person's right, or I'm going to say, Hey, stop fighting. Yeah. It, it, he, he's, Jesse's just kind of flavorless. And I, I guess it makes sense. Um, but like we, we talk about how Lee is such a good protagonist, despite being able to choose what he says or does, because I feel like no matter what choice you make with him, he has like a strong reaction that you can get character out of. Jesse is just kind of like always vanilla and in the middle. Um, yeah, I, it, there's, there's like two kinds of adventure game protagonists. There's the one who's really just going to stick their whole ass out there, and that determines how you engage with the world. Yeah. Uh, and that's a Wallace, for sure. <laughs> uh, that's like a Max from Sam and Max. Even Sam from Sam and Max, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the kind that allow you to interpret, or, or to place your interpretation of what you should be, or what the world is around you onto an avatar in the space and that's a little more like lee um from the walking dead season one or or even clementine from season two but it's in in those cases lee still has like a life that happened before you control the character yeah exactly and And, like clementine too lee can do anything you want lee to do but it's your decisions are going to be informed by who you think lee is where when Jesse does whatever you want Jesse to do, Jesse doesn't have any kind of backstory. Jesse doesn't have anything that I think she should be. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I think about Jesse and I'm like, how would you describe this protagonist's personality? And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because like the, the whole thing from the first episode was how they were sort of an order of the stone fan person mm-hmm. uh they were they were just really enamored with the whole idea especially gabriel and now that we're dealing with other members of the order of the stone that doesn't even really come across anymore yeah like i i think about jesse and there's nothing that jesse like really wants other than just progressing the story and saving the world like, but that's what everyone wants. That's what all the characters want to do. So, at least with, like, Olivia in this episode, I get that she's, like, a big fangirl of Eligard, and she yeah. uh, fucking blows it in front of her. Uh, I I do think Olivia had more... Uh, she made a better impression this episode than last episode. But, yeah, just not getting anything with Jesse over here. Yeah, I kind of like that every, like, main party member has an Order of the Stone member that they idolize, but... yeah. I I think maybe the realization at the end of the season is, you know, these old guys are kind of just old guys. And we, in our idolization of them and what they were all about, kind of became even more of what they were than they actually were. Yeah. Uh, Like, if Olivia turns out to be a better engineer than Eligard, I would not be surprised. Uh, Magnus already seems outclassed by Axel. (laughs) <laughs> like right now 
Yeah, I, I already like Axel way more than Magnus. And they say Magnus is the uh, explosives expert. He hasn't done anything in this episode to prove it to me. But we didn't go get him. Maybe he does in the other story. But I personally have yet to see it. So and another thing that we've uh, neglected to bring up and I failed to remember in my one minute transcription of what happens is that the reason they need Soren, in addition to the fact that he's just another member of the Order of the Stone, is because Soren was working on Super TNT. Right. And and they think that Super TNT, being something that is more explosive than TNT, uh, would be more likely to be able to take down the Wither than any of their other options. Yeah, what's interesting about that to me is, uh, so... Magnus is the guy all about the explosives, but now uh, Sauron has the better explosives. So what are you yeah. doing here, Magnus? What do you have to contribute to the group? Yeah, well, I mean, you could even take that to Eligard and say, like, okay, you're the one about, like, science and construction and lab work. But then Sauron is doing the thing that we actually need. So... Yeah, why did I even bring either of you guys? Yeah, be, be, like, Gabriel doesn't have to be around and isn't for us because yeah. of our choices. Eligard and Magnus just seem to not be doing anything. <laughs> like, their <laughs> areas of expertise are co-opted by this person who... We haven't met Soren by the end of this episode yet. We we yeah. have not seen them. I don't remember what they said Soren... I think I wrote it down in my notes. Hang on, I'm going to check my notes. Okay. What's his deal? What's his, uh... What's his angle? Okay, so they call him the architect. Hmm. Yeah, the warrior, the engineer, the rogue, and the architect. Uh, that's too close to what Eligard is. Yeah. That's weird. And, and now he's <laughs> and he's using his architect skills to make what Magnus makes. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder if maybe they should have called him the like alchemist or something, G- given him a more spooky tone because his place is spooky yeah his his place is very spooky um and it would have helped him stand out among these other guys i man i didn't even think about all this when we were playing but now i'm just like what were they thinking with these characters yeah because giving like a group of four party members different roles is something that's been done since the beginning of the time beginning of the time that's not how you say <laughs> beginning that of the time since the beginning of the time, it, that's just like a really easy trope to pull off. That's Ninja Turtles, right? That's Final yeah. Fantasy fifteen. That's uh, Sex in the City. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Are you more an Optimus Prime or a Samantha? Like, it's it's <laughs> a very easy thing to kind of get yourself into the idea of there's four of these things and they're gonna act in in these different ways and they one is good with machines and one's cool but rude (laughs) yeah but here it's it would be like uh if you had donatello uh raphael but then also michelangelo can just do machines and be cool but rude (laughs) yeah and also he doesn't do like the michelangelo things there's no pizza in sight so he's not even his own thing (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's very weird. Yeah, it's like red bandana, purple bandana, and violet bandana. Man, that that sloppiness combined with how short the episode is, I wonder if they just didn't 
have time to think about it. I don't know the development history of this game, but it this episode it specifically feels sloppier than the first. What's your favorite group of four like this in um, in, uh, in history? Let's see, let's see, group of four. Yeah, I, I like thinking about the uh, the different kinds of benders in Avatar: The Last Airbender. I thought you were gonna say Futurama. I like thinking about all the different <laughs> bender varieties from Futurama. <laughs> um, here I got one for you. Okay. Peter, Joe, Cleveland, <laughs> Quagmire. <laughs> Who's the Elagard of Family Guy? Oh man, the Elagard. Uh, none I, I of think them Elagard are very smart. might be. Uh... <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> they simply aren't that. You know what might actually be a comparison? Uh, South Park. Oh, okay. Is Kyle, Cartman Magnus? Cartman is Magnus. Kyle is the Elagard, and they don't get along. No, they don't. Uh, Soren is Kenny. Which yeah, I ob- guess obviously. <laughs> makes Gabriel Stan, which is fine. That makes sense. Kind of like the basic warrior of the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- what a good comparison. This was a good conversation. Yeah, good job, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> you really hit it out of the park with pure podcast content that ppc everyone's craving that's true and and i don't even know anything about minecraft uh yeah so they went to super tnt and they think that soren's place is going to have it ivor seems to be there for completely different reasons because you tell him the plan with this super i i did choose to tell him the plan Mm -hmm. about the super tnt because I, I just don't respect him as a threat. <laughs> yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, and Ivor like laughs it off and says the plan will never work. So he has some other idea going on. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, that's stupid." Yeah, I'm... and and then he uh, <laughs> then he he chugs a potion that makes him run Sonic the Hedgehog fast. <laughs> wow! Put this guy in Super Smash Brothers. And he doesn't even use it to run past you out of the room. He just runs in a circle around the room trying to punch you and shit. Yeah, he's really showing off. <laughs> and then he uh, he goes invisible. And that <laughs> also doesn't help win the fight. What it helps no. win the fight is when he throws a flash potion of slowness at everyone. And then they can't move very fast, so he just walks past them. Yeah. Great. You know what? <laughs> Credit to him. I guess it worked at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's something I noticed throughout this episode uh, that I didn't notice in the first one? Uh, I don't know if this happened to you, but I had a lot of, like, weird lip sync issues. Like, it seemed pretty good in the first episode, and then in this one it felt like almost any other line, the lip sync was off. Huh, I'm not sure I noticed that. It was weird. It was strange. It was a strange occurrence. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess the only other part of the episode that we haven't talked about is like the Elagard the courting. Yeah, bit. you know what? This is kind of weird too because it feels like it's like a, a big festival thing. 
but yeah, there's not much focus on it, which I guess is fine because we already had like the convention in the first episode. I can't see it being like that different from it. But like it, it also seems like this should be a big deal. They're trying to find Elgard's protege, so everyone's uh, building new inventions around. Um, but that's not really. We just say, "Oh fuck that!" We just got to get in. Um, yeah, and, I can't tell if it. they're trying to find. I, I can't tell if like Elgard put out a call like, "I need a new apprentice," or if everyone's just sort of hoping that maybe she needs a new apprentice and they're all trying to just stunt in front of her yeah. with their uh with their new machines yeah i guess what that's what it comes down to is i it doesn't really need any more focus than it got but i do feel like what exactly was happening could have been more clear to everyone's machines are so good <laughs> yeah uh i i wonder if we're gonna have the same favorite one uh well there's there's one that is the cow launcher. <laughs> that's a good one. It, and is that your favorite? That's not my favorite. No, it's not mine either. But <laughs> they they say, "Hey, you want to launch a cow or maybe you want to launch your pig?" And <laughs> Jesse asks, "Well, is it safe?" And <laughs> the person says, "Oh, I've never known a cow to not enjoy this." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. You know what? I think this episode had some... I, it wasn't like a laugh riot, but I had a few lines where I was chuckling. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this particular place with all the Redstonia building competition, the impromptu building competition, there's some good machines here. Uh, yeah. So I did launch Ruben into space and then found him, and he was upset, but he didn't do anything at all. <laughs> yeah, he's a pig. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he, he should have been a cow for this one, I guess, to really get everything they needed out of it <laughs> yeah it would have it would have been perfectly on theme for the moment so there's a disco guy is this your favorite machine <laughs> this guy's my favorite yeah th the, this guy's my favorite too the bow not only is the machine just like nothing it's right it's it's the bovine lava disco where no one benefits <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the guy himself is just like I think of all the characters in this game so far, he makes the strangest impression. Definitely. And his voice direction is all over the place. Yeah, he, he reminded me of uh, Professor Frank from The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> the, the deal with this area is that you talk to, I guess, like the assistant to Eligard. His name's Calvin. <laughs> and you tr you try to get up there. You try to talk to Eligard because you need to reunite the Order of the Stone. And Calvin does his job as an assistant and basically says, "Look, I'm not just going to let you up there. That that's nothing. I I can't just do that. Uh, and in order to prevent you from getting up there into uh, her lab, he he like removes a repeater, a redstone repeater." from the machine that is required to turn on the stairs to go up to the lab. Right. Calvin has a line that made me laugh. He says, I mean, I'm no Eligard, but I'm still pretty cool. Yeah. When he asks, uh, like, well, what do you need Eligard for? Can you, you, Luckily, you have me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote down that exact same line. I'm still pretty cool. And and he does nothing to help you out. I thought no. he was gonna be like a cool guy and like give us. Well, he some said sort of he's help. cool. I tried to believe him. 
Yeah, he did nothing to prove that he's cool. Literally just exits the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he takes the repeater. So in order to turn the machine back on, you need a repeater. And I think you can steal it from like a bunch of different machines. I I can't tell, but I ended up stealing it from the disco guy. Yeah, so... I was looking at the choices on the Wikipedia. It turns out you can just craft your own, which makes sense because you, it, you're you able to find like supplies for it. But I ended up just stealing the disco guys, mainly yeah. because I, I couldn't find anything else. So I was I thought the game was kind of railroading me to do it. I thought like, oh, this is the solution. It, it's just Not... the first place I checked out and it ended up being correct. Yeah, so I'm, I managed to get some of the um, some of the resources needed to build it. So I I thought that you could, but I thought I looked everywhere and it didn't seem like I could get anything else. So I just said, all right, well, I'll just take this. Mm-hmm. It, it was so obvious what they were doing because you're so you have to pit the schoolboy across from him <laughs> yeah. against him. They hate each other. Uh, they hate each other in such a stupid way. They, <laughs> the, if you talk to the disco guy first, he goes, now, don't go talking to that schoolboy. He's. He's never had an idea in his life that was original to him. <laughs> like he hates him just because he thinks he's not very creative. That's the <laughs> that's the idea. Well, I I think the implication is he he thinks he's stealing his ideas. So he which is, is wild because they're not doing the same thing. Yeah, they're doing something <laughs> completely different. He's like, you must have got that idea from my bovine disco. Yeah, the bovine disco puts lava near cows. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, and then no the one else is bu- gonna have that. <laughs> the schoolboy's machine is like a big, jelloy, like golem. It's a it, he made a big golem out of jello, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, even I know get, what it I, does. <laughs> well, it was it was sure moving around. Yeah, it, it was jostling. It looked like it maybe it could walk. Yeah, both of these inventions are probably about as useful as one another. I I think nothing could be as useless as the bovine disco. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess that's true, yeah. But boy is it more I I that one's my favorite. I'd still prefer that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I if you put them against each other, they can like argue with each other and then you can steal the repeater off the side of the bovine disco. And when you do that, the lava immediately floods into where the cows are, killing them instantly. Oh man. And then the the disco guy gets on his knees and says, "Oh no, my machine something's burning the cows." Oh, my cows. Yeah, I wrote exactly that down. I I actually wrote uh what I did sometimes when I was lightly studying how to speak Mandarin a little bit, which is just like the up, down, through, or like curve of a syllable. Cause he right. said it in such a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my machine, something's burning the cows. <laughs> <laughs> no need for a second take on that one. No, we got it in one. <laughs> Perfect. It could not be more perfect. I, I also like, uh, so Jesse asks if he can do anything to help. And uh, he says, well, that's mighty groovy of you to offer. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a way where like, it, it feels like, <laughs> what is your theme, mister? Yeah, like, it, I get that you're going for dis- disco, but maybe yeah, but- <laughs> there were, a, there was a disagreement of like what that means. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it seems like he's this isn't natural. This is not a natural thing. This guy is. It seems like he just like recently got into disco and decided to drop groovy into his sentences. Yeah. <laughs> In the year 2015, disco was already like 40 years old. And it yeah. had become something not people, not that people remember, just a historical thing. So the idea that there could be a person about disco rather than people who enjoy the disco scene has taken root. But like, we don't know what that person was like because that's not really how it went. That's just a, a genre <laughs> of music and a kind of like vibe of a dance hall to hang out in. It's not, it, there, there's not a person who's only that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my theory is that he was trying to think up a good new idea for this. Yeah. <laughs> and Disco just came to mind. And that, like, right when he had the idea, then he's like, oh, well, I better be the Disco guy. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, the writer and the animator and the artist were all on the same page. Yeah. They were like, yeah, this this guy's going to be Disco related. And then they got the voice direction in the room. And they're like, well... I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there at the time. Uh, I don't know what disco is really like. God, uh. that that's so true because he, he his delivery just feels like nothing like like he's he's like a a countryman. Uh he he just it is not the voice I would have expected, but in the best possible way. Like Yeah, no, I it makes him very like memorable. This. Yeah, I I would have been upset if he just sounded the way he should. I even like the smarmy little schoolboy as well. Yeah. He's, he talks in a way that is a bit more refined, a bit more <laughs> above it all. Yeah, that that's... Uh, I want to see a game with the rivalry between these two. I wish this was fleshed out more. Yeah. Maybe, this is... <laughs> but then again, maybe we just know exactly all we need to know. This is another moment like Franz Froyo shop. It, it, like, <laughs> I just want to see more. This should have been the story. It is more like emotionally effective than anything else going on with jesse and her gang that's true i i get the the weight of both of these guys uh plight <laughs> yeah one of them thinks the other steals all their ideas and the other uh doesn't so he's upset about that that's that's classic <laughs> it's a tale as old as time yeah that's disney right there everyone loves that <laughs> oh no my machine <laughs> Something's burning the cows. <laughs> um, so, Eligard is voiced by Grey uh, Delisle. Yeah, I think now she goes by uh, Grey Griffin after she uh, was married. But, um, you know, most people know her. I, I think, like, in all, uh, like, on Twitter and stuff, she goes by uh, Grey Delisle Griffin. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, well, I guess it take up. your pick. I looked it up because I, I saw Gray Griffin in the in the credits to this, mm -hmm. and I think her name is Gray Delisle Griffin. And then sometimes she's credited as at, like still as Gray Delisle, and sometimes she's credited as Gray yeah. Griffin. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it you know that person. Gray. It's confusing, but you know who you're talking about. Um, I I was like having a time trying to figure out who this person was before credits rolled. That's interesting because I knew who she was from her very first syllable. Yeah, because as soon as she started talking, I was like, oh, I know this person's voice a lot. I yeah. I, I definitely She's know this person's voice. She's in a lot of stuff. And also, 
very distinctive. Uh, yeah. It, it's not like... I mean, she is doing a voice for this. It's not her normal speaking voice, but it's uh, like probably one of the voices she's done in other things, too. Yeah, she. It, it's in her uh, character range. Yeah, and I, I thought... I had such a hard time. I couldn't. I couldn't like pick it out. And I thought maybe is this Amy Sedaris? Uh, I could. She, I could see they're kind of s- are along the same wavelengths. Yeah, hitting me with a little Princess Carolyn in there. Yeah, from BoJack Horseman. Uh, no, it is Great Alile, which made me remember that one time that she was on the box art because she is also sometimes a model uh, of One Two Switch. The uh, well-loved launch title for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I as soon as she started talking, I was like, oh, that's why Mitchell brought that up last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to spoil anything for you, but... Uh, I was really wondering why that would just come out of the blue, and, and then I got my answer. Yeah, I, I messaged you about that. Hey, remember that one time Great Alile was on the, the cover of 1-2-Switch, <laughs> and then they, they photoshopped her nose to be bigger? That's so strange. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I wonder if it's because she's too famous and they didn't want her to be easily recognizable. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Although it, it is a case where it's not like she's a, she's on screen for a lot of her roles, but... Yeah, maybe I wouldn't even, have known. Even, yeah. Like... It really, I, I probably would have known. It really is, was just the nose putting me off, but uh, <laughs> it really put you off, huh? It's, it's a very interesting choice. You, did you know that uh, she is also in Sea of Thieves? Who is she in is, Sea of Thieves? So she plays uh, the redheaded pirate in the Pirates of the Caribbean campaign because they just used uh, archival audio from the ride. Oh, okay. But I think it's like new. It's not from like the original ride. They just like not that long ago uh, changed, uh, like added her character in, and so that's like new audio for an old ride that's being repurposed for a rare game. It, so it, she it's, might not even have known that she's in yeah. Sea of Thieves before it happened. Yeah, that's true. That's that all. That's always weird. That. When you do assets like that, like voice assets or art assets that aren't owned by you anymore, you can just end up in things. That's interesting. Yeah, it it it's. I wonder how I feel about it because on one hand, like it's not like they did new recordings for like any kid. Like they just used audio from the ride, not just her, but like everyone in that mm-hmm. ride. Um, just because that's what they were going for, it was supposed to be recreating the ride. So I thought I thought it was uh, cool hearing her in it like especially in a rare game you don't hear like voice actors outside of rare in a lot of those um see these have some other ones too oh yeah definitely but it 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 still is like uh weird to hear someone that you've heard in so many other things yeah uh this is getting so far away from minecraft but uh it i thought it was cool this game does have some voice actory people in it we've talked about uh like Billy West is the narrator. I forgot if we brought that up. We probably did. I think we did. Yeah, I think you did. But even even now, even two episodes in, it's still weird hearing a lot of these people in a Telltale game. I'm just not used to it. I mean, and, yeah, like, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. They do sometimes, like uh, Roger Jackson is like a voice actor guy who's in like tons of Telltale stuff. He's like yep. one of their regulars. 
but just the fact that it's happening with multiple characters here, I'm like, whoa, I didn't expect to hear that person I hear and everything. I wonder what it is with Roger Jackson and the other, like, uh, Nikki Rap, just the, the, the common Telltale voice cast people. Yeah, I wonder if it's just uh, the people at Telltale, like, liking them, just thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? They'd be great for this role. Yeah, Nikki Rapp is one. Uh, uh, Clementine's voice actor who is not coming to mind right now. She's characters all the time. Yeah. Um, Melissa Hutchison, I think her name is. Yeah. They're they're good voice actors, so it, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but I, I wonder if it's, like, some sort of agency contract or um if it has to do with like i don't know if they're union or non-union but maybe that would help uh make it the choice easier yeah it, it, i'm not sure that that's so because a lot of these voice actors we're getting here are definitely union i know uh, yeah yeah especially great, these great. bigger names yeah so uh it's interesting i don't know how any of that shit works the union yeah. stuff I wonder if just the casting director at Telltale, like any other person, they're going to know some people personally, and yeah. then other people they have to like really struggle to cast and get and recruit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll admit, I kind of like having some regular voices. Like, you just hear them pop up here and there in Telltale, and you can be like, ah, I remember them from other yeah. game. Yeah, wh- whether or not... It's uh, not to say it is or isn't, but like whether or not it's it's the best casting decision, it does usually produce this uh, like creator cohesiveness around the Telltale yeah. games, which I think is really important to have because w- with with this game in particular, I'm starting to get a sense of what I think a lot of people felt at the time, which is that, oh, I don't know what it's like for the people that are actually working on these, but these games are just happening aren't they they're just occurring they're pumping them out yeah because the alternative is that a real person worked on minecraft story mode which feels hard to believe somehow yeah well it's like we were saying just nothing about it really feels like personal and i I don't want to necessarily hold that against it um but it feels more like a minecraft product yeah, it feels it feels like a Minecraft product. It's it feels like something that can happen when the industry, in quotes, not made of people but made of ideas, gets together with a license and puts the format on the license and puts it into the public. And and at no point in describing that did I mention that it actually needs to be made by people, right? It like it just kind of feels yeah. like Oh, these games are just happening. And the the fact that this uh, company crumbled and that there's so many stories about what it was like to actually uh, work there coming out after the fact, that makes that feel weird in retrospect. Like, oh, I should never have thought that this is just happening. I mean, obviously, because it's no art form is just happening. It needs yeah. people to make it. But also it seemed like it was happening in a way that was not sustainable and impressive, but probably ill-guided. Yeah, it's, 
I said it before, but I feel bad saying it just because it's, I, I feel like I'm doing these, the people who worked on this a disservice. You know, obviously they worked hard and put out a, a good professional product. Yeah. But yeah, I, I also just can't help but have that feeling. Like it's, it's not like, like we just did uh, Tales of Monkey Island not that long ago. I could feel the personality in that. I could feel the people there, even if I couldn't like necessarily pinpoint what it exact what exactly a single person did it felt like something that was being made by this team mm-hmm. um and i don't really get that with this which i don't think i would hold it in my opinion like obviously i still enjoy their stuff like um like wolf among us um I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to compare that to this. I'm not trying to say Wolf Among Us still felt like, oh, I could feel it felt like a telltale game to me, whereas yeah. this does not necessarily. And yeah, I do agree. I wonder how that's going to be going forward with things like Game of Thrones or Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm I'm sure they had a pretty tight leash with Guardians of the Galaxy, but maybe not. Maybe we'll see. Well, I, th- I think an, another huge part of it is probably that our base with th- uh, thinking through what Telltale feels like is born out of Sam and Max and probably also a Little Walking Dead. And yeah. the more the years go on, we're now in 2015. That's uh, about 10 years after the original season of Sam and Max was in de- development. So Man, it... we're we're really just going forward in time now. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. Uh, time, am I right? Yeah, even if all the same people were at the company, which they weren't, uh, there was churn like any other developer has churn. Then those people would be different people by the end of ten yeah. years. Mm-hmm. It's it's so weird. Think about how this is ten years after Sam and Max season one, and it feels like uh, the biggest leap in the world. Telltale just totally changed uh, the games they put out since then. But then I think about, like, from then to now, like, it hasn't been 10 years, but almost. Eight. And I, yeah, eight. And I guess part of it is because Telltale isn't around anymore, but I'm not feeling, it doesn't feel like the as big a passage of time. Yeah, I mean, it never will. The The yeah. most recent 10 years versus the 20 years ago to 10 years ago, it's always going to feel that way just because of how time goes faster as we get older that's true that's very true yeah very sad very true yeah we're we'll die someday yeah and i i think that what you're saying is right but also telltale fell at the end of 2018 which is only three years after this and yeah. it's almost well it, it's like four and a half years uh before now so mm-hmm. during that four and a half years yeah the telltale format hasn't changed at all because there's been nothing yeah there's not really much to compare it to it's but it's just wild thinking about that how this was on this was 10 years after the first game you're throwing me like uh wow well i i think that really like the walking dead was an innovation on the point and click adventure series it is born Mm -hmm. out of what sam and max was doing in a way yeah uh, and 
I, I think that the adventure genre has continued to innovate after that point because I think Firewatch and things like Firewatch were innovations on the Walking Dead series. Right. And then What Remains of Edith Finch, I, I think, is a, a hugely innovative take on like that kind of thing, too. So there's been huge leaps in this area. What yeah. Remains of Edith Finch is probably my favorite. Ooh. Um, maybe, I, I I don't even know if you'd call it adventure game in the sense of from the lineage of point-and-click adventures. Right. Um, but it kind of is, and it, it is my favorite of them if it counts. I'll have to play it sometime. I've never touched that game, but I've heard the name. Yeah, Dustin, I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. There's a lot of cool... Uh, control stuff in that game. Ooh. Not to say you know, that I, I think like of you controls. as the controls guy. Yeah, I know you like <laughs> controls. <laughs> um, yeah, Minecraft Story Mode Season 1 Episode 2 Assembly Required, though. Uh, it, it, I, I guess we're just having a tough time talking about it because it, it's just so short. It's so short, not a whole lot happens in it. Not. It's not like nothing happens in it, but... Yeah, it is just kind of, it, it does remind me of like Tales from the Borderlands episode two, even new Tales from the Borderlands episode two, where it's it's just them starting their journey. What happened in new Tales episode two? They were like in the cave. They were like underground. Oh yeah, that episode sucked. That episode was so bad. And this is better than that. I, I don't want to... I don't want to compare it in terms of quality, but like it, it feels like these... Uh, Second episodes of these last few games we've played, not counting Michonne since that's a miniseries and can't really do uh, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it it feels like they're hitting similar notes where it's them just getting started on the journey. It's not like the most exciting stuff is happening. Um, I don't want to say it's the low point since we still have so many episodes left to go. Sure. But... Um, yeah, they have similar energies. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like Walking Dead season two, episode four, where like it's really just a pivot episode to to get us in a new place and get us thinking about characters like Petra with her sickness and Ivor with his bullshit and yeah. Soren. Like we're we're now approaching Soren as an interesting character. Uh, we're we're just trying to get ourselves in a different place. In, in, yeah either physical geography or even just mentally in a different place we're trying to get this show on the road uh, oh something something we haven't talked about i guess one last thing before we jump into our segments is uh axel's trip to boomtown yeah so because we left axel behind he just went on his own down to boomtown and <laughs> that's where magnus is and he he was Apparently, this is only communicated to you via dialogue. He was involved in a duel of strength and trial by combat, and he like won, and he became the king of Magnus's kingdom. He's <laughs> Axel is now canonically the king of Boomtown. <laughs> you know what? I like that we didn't get to see yeah. any of this. <laughs> it, it makes it so much funnier him becoming king, and you don't even get to see it. Yeah, and Magnus kind of alludes to the mechanics of that. He's saying, like, yeah, it was a big spectacle, really emotional moment. There were pyrotechnics. You should have been there. Like, you had to be there in order to get it. <laughs> anyway, 
So, like, yeah. trying to make you feel bad about picking one thing over the other thing? <laughs> yeah, I. so I don't want to make any, like, definitive statements since I didn't see what happened there. But it strikes me as we made the right choice because I kind of feel like if we just heard what happened with Olivia, it wouldn't have been as funny as this. And who knows, maybe it would have. But maybe it's just because we saw exactly what happened. Yeah. Um. I, I can't imagine Olivia, like, coming back and having Olivia with Eligard and her just being like, oh, yeah, you know, we really hit it off. I'm I'm her uh, protege now. Uh, Jesse just probably would have been like, oh, yeah, that's cool, neat. Uh, but Axel becoming a king and you didn't get to see any of it. <laughs> I think we're better off not having seen any of it. Do you think we'll ever go to Boomtown? Do you think we <sighs> missed our chance? I think we missed our chance. Like, if if I were to guess, I would say that's not going to be important going forward. But who knows? Maybe it will be. And then and then we'll get to see Axel's loyal subjects. Yeah, because they talk about Redstonia being pretty much gone after yeah. you leave because of the Wither attacks. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you went to Boomtown, it would probably be gone. Oh man, that disco guy was so worried about his cows. He didn't know bigger things were coming. Yeah, it did kill the cows in front of you. I f- I felt like that was uh that was a little extreme. Yeah, well, it's his own maybe he should have invented better. Yeah, <laughs> the schoolboy in his uh criticism of the disco guy, the schoolboy says, "You know, I think his machine like everything he does is just torturing cows. I don't really I don't really get it." <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it's something he's trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, it's like simultaneously being disgusted with Disco Guy and also giving him the benefit of the doubt of, like, well, is he going for something? Is he <laughs> yeah, trying I, something here? I probably just don't understand. Yeah, I'm, this might be beyond me, but it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, but then as soon as you take the uh, repeater out, the lava flows in and kills his cows. That's on you, but that's an engineering mistake. Yeah, if that's just a circuit that should never be opened or closed, just make it a circuit that should never be opened or closed. That's that's not what a repeater's for. That's on you, bud. Yeah, lava didn't even have to be involved in the first place. Yeah, huh. <laughs> Interesting to think about. <laughs> yeah, so Boomtown, I assume, is still there. Maybe, maybe it already got sucked up while you're going... But who knows? I don't. I don't know. You want to talk about our segments? I would love nothing more than to get into our segments. What's your choice cut? My choice cut. Oh, oh, actually, before we get to this, should we go through the choices since we didn't get to see the choices? Nah. Okay, cool. No, I mean, Uh, you can. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Should we? I don't know. Was there anything interesting? It's it's not that important. Okay. (laughs) Um, so my choice cut, I guess, was that this is so hard for episodes like this when they're so short that really none of the choices can really stand out to me. So I guess I'll go with whether or not to steal the repeater just because I like, I don't even know if I like it, but it is the one I felt strongest about how the game kind of, it made me feel like this was the one way to do it. Yeah. But it's obviously not because you can get the supplies to just craft it. But boy, it really is like, come on, it's way easier to do it this way. Don't you just want to take it? Like, it just makes it so obvious. Because when you pit the two guys against each other, 
it's not even like a timed puzzle, I don't think. It's not something like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to steal this while they're arguing or else my window will be closed. It seems like they just argue indefinitely because <laughs> if you go if you go up yeah. to them, Jesse's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to get involved in that. I'm just going to let them do it. And then I, I kind of walked around for a bit trying to be like, okay, well, I get what they're trying to do, but I can still find these resources. And then I just went ahead and stole it. Yeah. Yeah, so I give it to that just because none of the other choices in this episode really stood out to me. What's yours? So my choice cut is talking with and then later about Axel. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Axel has, in this episode, done nothing wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, He went and got Magnus and saved us time. Uh, He made sure that the fort was well like guarded by lucas and that turned out to be fine that was good you know what he made some really good calls in this episode last time you were saying you're a double-edged sword axel but this time you did well yeah like like last time it was it it, it was saying like it was meaning we were (laughs) we were saying (laughs) uh that axel was basically right about a lot of stuff but also the the fervor with which he would be right was way too comically extreme yeah if he stopped talking like five seconds earlier we would have been on his side but he blows it every time yeah like he's mad at lucas for freezing when lucas could have helped out and saved someone right that makes sense that's true uh axel should be a little mad about that and he should raise this concern to lucas and he does that and then he says so, Lucas, basically, you shouldn't even hang out in our treehouse anymore, and you should go down with the zombies. Yeah, you should go die. See ya. Yeah, and like, okay, <laughs> Axel, we don't need... We can just work on our faults. We don't need to throw people out to the zombies. Yeah, we could just give him a swat on the wrist. Yeah, he's just very... Uh, there's no nuance with this boy. <laughs> he's all in. Yeah, uh, so, like, that was our problem with Axel... But because he's still, like, a good guy, he hasn't made any bad decisions, really, uh, I've wanted to be given more opportunities to say, no, I do support Axel. Like, I I do like this guy. Uh, Yeah. He's just just extreme, and we need to to measure that. Yeah, he's still my friend. Yeah, so there's there's a moment, uh, we were talking before, when Magnus doesn't know if he's making fun of Jesse or not. He's he's lost all sense of context and perspective. Uh, he asked Jesse, "So what's what's the deal with this Axel guy? Because I I can't tell if he's like the best or crazy." And yeah. you have the option of of like saying how you feel about Axel in that moment. And I chose to like be a hundred percent on Axel's side and said, "No, he's my friend." Yeah, I did that as well. I was like, he's my friend, man. Well, I think part of it is because the other choices were just like, oh, yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, uh, the other choices were he's a jerk, but he's our jerk. And uh-huh. then another one was, oh, he's great, but he's been kind of annoying me recently, which might be closer to the truth, but like, it's not worth I don't saying 100- it. Yeah, I don't 100% feel that about those, but I do feel that he's my friend. Mm-hmm. He's one of my best friends. Yeah, Jesse I have says. I have three best friends and he's one of them. 
Who are the other best friends? Olivia and... Uh, Olivia and Reuben. Oh, Reuben, of course, of course. Yeah, the pig Reuben. Pig's not a person. Uh, <laughs> golden moment. Um, Stupid Ivor fight for me. <laughs> That's a good one. It it's is so very... funny. It's animated in <laughs> such a funny way. It, it's like, uh, it, it's the same kind of vibe as when Yoda fights Dooku in Attack of the Clones. It's like, oh, they really wanted to make this serious. And they wanted to, <laughs> to give Yoda some, like, respect. They, you've never seen Yoda fight before. Um, but there's just no way to animate it in a way that's not very funny. Yeah. Do you remember the commercials that would say, uh, Yoda man? No. <laughs> they would say, What, what Yoda- were they for? That, that movie, because Yoda was fighting and he would say, Yoda man. He the, wouldn't say it. The commercials the com- wait, the commercials for the movie would say that? Yeah. I don't remember that. No. That's... Wait, just advertising the movie itself. That was the tone they went with? Yoda, man. Man, the early 2000s were a different time. <laughs> uh, so my golden moment, it's not its not like a huge moment, but it is something that made me feel something in this very short episode where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um. Just getting back to the fortress, seeing that Jacob not only turned it into a f- into like this big fortress for you, who's Jacob? But just having, uh, isn't that the guy on your team? Lucas. Lucas is what I meant, not Jacob. What? Why did I say Jacob? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what it was that threw me. Uh, the K in the name because Lucas. I've never seen it spelled with a K. Uh, but it is here. I just is it? Uh, yeah, it's spelled L U K A S. Um, huh. Okay. But Jacob I'm used is to it not with spelled a, with a K though. Yeah, both are spelt with C's. But I was thinking, oh, it's Jacob because Jacob has a C, but here it's spelt with a K. I forgot Whoa. that. <laughs> I forgot that it's Lucas. What a to be to be fair, he's not in the episode a whole lot. I I barely remembered most of these characters' names going into this episode. Uh, I remember them now, but going in, I was like, oh, I'm glad I saved my notes from last week. All right. Uh, but uh, just seeing, like, a team coming together, I kind of like the idea of just, like, okay, we have, like, actually a big group of people, and not everyone gets along, but, like, he, we, it's not bad. It's seeing yeah. like just people like petra comes back then um you you have your uh two new people that you and axel each got um it's a team that's really uh starting to come together and i don't know i just kind of like that feeling i like that feeling of building a team to set things right do you think gabriel would have wither sickness the same way that petra does i think so i think it would be something that seems like too big a plot point to not be there if you had gabriel like if gabriel just shows up and he's like yes i'm uh, totally fine everything's great uh, thank you for asking yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i mean he's he's like more world worthy or not that's that's not a word world uh worldly he, yes worldly <laughs> thank you uh <laughs> he's more worldly and and he might just have a higher constitution for that kind of thing and know how to deal with it more um, yeah so th- that's that, true that because, would be cool if that yeah. changed it it really strikes me as something that would be the same either way but it's yes it's possible i i do agree with everything you just said that it would make sense that uh he 
like, even if he has the wither sickness, he would at least, like, be more confident in it. He'd be like, yes, uh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, something I wanted to ask you about is, do you get the sense that there is anything romantic going on with Jesse and any of the other characters? Like, that they're hinting at maybe a, a future relationship or, or something? I get a little tension from Jesse and Petra. Okay. Just a little bit, just a little something, a little spark. That's definitely happening in my game as well, uh, with girl Jesse. That's still happening, but I mm-hmm. definitely feel it more. Uh, and and I wonder if there's any actual difference here, or just subtleties in the voice acting, or nothing at all. And maybe we're just bringing our, you you know, our own biases into these. I definitely feel it more with Lucas. And, and Jesse. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I didn't really get that with uh, Lucas and Jesse, but I also don't think they interacted. At least they didn't interact much in this episode. They do a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really get anything. Even in the first episode, to me, it felt more like Jesse sees Lucas as a jerk. And Lucas is they're They're showing us that no, Lucas is actually totally fine. He, he's not an asshole like the guys in his group. Uh, he's just kind of like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to help out and be cool with this group. Hmm. Well, with that in mind, my weekly guy is the disco guy. <laughs> yeah, mine is also the disco guy. It's It was no contest. Yeah, it was. it's one of those episodes. It's just a good guy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He... He comes and he goes, but boy, does he leave an impression. And we were discussing him for so long, the the logistics of his of his device. He yeah. his his rivalry with schoolboy. <laughs> his name being Disco Guy. <laughs> it's great. I love this guy. Yeah, I, I love him too. I love him a lot. Uh I was I don't think we'll be seeing more of him, but I would love to be wrong. I was hoping that Elagard or Magnus could rise to the occasion of being a new like favorite character uh didn't really happen yeah because like they're important parts of the story but they're just like immediately uh sent backstage by sauron yeah and they're uh like their personality is their role yeah eligard's whole personality is scientist engineer and magnus's whole personality is explosives that's his whole deal. It, they don't seem to have, like, yeah, I'm an engineer, and also, I feel this way about the world. I'm like, no, you're an engineer. That's your deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> you don't need to do other things. <laughs> this is a game for children. Please. <laughs> they will get confused if people are two things, so. <laughs> they can't be more than one thing. Uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Yeah, I feel like we talked for longer than we played the episode. We Yes, definitely true. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't think we could talk this long about it, but good job on us. We killed it. Yeah, I mean, this is probably in the bottom, like, fifth of episodes we've played for this podcast. Yeah, and I, I don't even think it was, like, that bad, but there really is just nothing to latch on to. Yeah, it's just oh, one well. of those things. Yeah, you get them. You get them from time to time. Yeah, are you excited at all to see Soren in the next episode, or are you just kind of no. playing it to get through? <laughs> that one? Like, 
I'm not having an awful time. It's not like I'm dreading going into it, but I'm not excited either. I, I don't think they could do anything with Sauron that would make me be like, holy shit, no way, that's Sauron? I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't expect to be wowed. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because there was a moment, I, I should have brought this up earlier. There was a moment when you're talking to Calvin, El, Eligard's, like assistant person. Mm-hmm. where it did a zoom in on his face to emphasize something in the conversation. And it just hit me really hard. It's so funny that this game looks like this. <laughs> it's so funny that they can make a game that looks like this, but it's a story game. Right. I'll give it that. <laughs> like, I don't, that's fun. Yeah. We were talking like last episode, we were talking about, do we, or do we not like the aesthetic of this game? And I, I'm, feeling now that was probably the wrong question the question was have we ever seen a game take its story as seriously as this while looking so outlandish <laughs> while looking so so freaking weird uh i've i don't think i've ever seen a game try this like at all yeah and I'm I sure there's it. some I'm sure there's some games out there who've done something like this, but I think the fact that like the story is just played so straight, like it's it's not once is it really like emphasized that this is the joke. It's not like mm-hmm. uh it's it's not like they're saying like, "Oh, isn't it crazy that this story is so serious, but it looks like this?" It's it's just something that they let you kind of figure out. Yeah, they they just let you do the interpreting of, "Oh, this is batshit. This is it's crazy that it looks like this." I and I've thought about this with some other things before. I think it's a case where if you acknowledge it, it ruins it. You need to play it like as straight as possible, yeah, and never acknowledge that you're doing it. That's what makes it work. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's comparable in some ways to like the Lego games. Uh, they do. They try to do this whole thing in, in, in a like they're they are telling their own stories and they're getting to the end of their own stories and feeling that way about it. But they have the Lego aesthetics. But I think those games are more tongue-in-cheek than this. This really is just a story. This is how the world looks and works. Yeah. It just is. And that's... I I love that, actually. I, I'm <laughs> coming into actually being deeply in love with that. Because as uh, as games have progressed and gotten larger and gotten more HD and more 4K and more... Uh, there, there's now... You, you, know, you know how I feel about ray tracing. Oh, I feel. I know. <laughs> you definitely do know how I feel about ray tracing. We've talked about it so much. Um, we, if you're just tuning in, I've never talked to Dustin once about ray tracing. But uh, <laughs> like, like the aesthetics of, of video games in some ways are converging a little bit. You still have variety. You've mm-hmm. got variety all over the place. There's like the Nintendo cartoony look. There's the anime look. And there's the more realistic look. But... Like, those three kind of are almost everything. Yeah. And for a game to just go ahead and look like this, it's so funny. And there's nothing else to be said about it. it, it it's so great. I I just wish other games that didn't have to be like... This This is doing this almost in spite of how Minecraft looks. It, it, I'd love to see a game that takes this kind of... Um, this this kind of aesthetic risk 
for no reason. Like, it, yeah. it's not coming from a different license. It, it's not coming from a gameplay choice. It's just, yeah, this is how it looks. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> you're you're either going to get on board or off board right now. Yeah. Um, us just discussing it just right now, uh, it does make me respect it a little more. I still think that I'm not a huge fan of just how Minecraft in general looks. It's just not really my thing. Um, but... You just bringing up what you did now does make me respect it for this. Yeah, because I I still I agree with you. I I don't really like this aesthetic. But when I see a like a, a soft spoken dialogue moment when Petra has to explain that maybe she has a disease called wither sickness, and they do a close up on her face, and her face is a square, and so is my TV, <laughs> and it's the whole thing. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kudos. Kudos, tell- Telltale. You did a good job. If you if you came back and you did a new... Well, you are coming back. But if you did a new IP from the ground up, I want it to look as wild as this. Same. Not this aesthetic, <laughs> but like as wild as this aesthetic. And yeah, they should like... be doing a new IP. I don't know what they're doing coming back with two new licenses when like the cost of licensing was big problem for old telltale i don't know what they're doing there yeah i don't know maybe just because that was the telltale thing they gotta stick with it maybe maybe the ones they got were cheaper maybe the expanse and wolf among us since they already had that uh that protege i don't know why i said protege that's yeah not that's the not the right word <laughs> that's not the right word i just had it in my mind from earlier in the episode uh but, you know, they already made the first one, so maybe they were like, okay, well, uh, we'll, we'll let you do the second one mm-hmm. uh, for not that high a price. Yeah, and I, I bet the like the author of Fables probably wanted that game to happen a lot, so they were yeah. willing to make it happen more readily. I, I could believe that. The Expanse yeah, is not kind go- of a big series, though. Uh, like oh, is it? A- I, Amazon so I knew- Prime series. I knew nothing about the expanse, so I don't know like how how big it is. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not nearly as big as like Game of Thrones, but it it had a fan base. It was on it was on like the uh, the Sci Fi Network at first, but then Amazon Prime picked it up and and boosted its um, production values, and then people really oh, got nice. on board. And it's based on a book series, which has its own readership and, and fandom as well. Right. But at the same time, it's not like something like Batman or Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. May- maybe maybe they did get it for a, a reasonable price. Yeah, I I just want Telltale to have like a classic IP that they really can call their own and they don't have to worry about losing it. Uh, yeah, like even yeah. even in the old days, like Sam and Max was their big one that I would say. And even that wasn't theirs. It was yeah, still Sam and Max is them. not theirs. Uh, they don't get to keep that. The Walking Dead is not theirs. Wolf Among Us is not theirs. I, I mean, it Island. seems like yeah, Monkey Island is is Disney's. You're not going to get that forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do think they should establish some sort of new. Like I'd play it. Like I still like the Telltale formula. I'd want to see it with like a brand new thing you're making. As long as it's interesting. I don't know if I'd want to do like. Oh, this is like our own The Walking Dead. It's like The Walking Dead, but we can own this. I don't know how interested in that I would be. Well, I'd I mean, it would see... still just depend on the thing, what they yeah. do with it. 
yeah, I'm sure it'd still be good, but like just thinking about it now, I I guess just because I'm so used to that being the telltale thing, like the big M-rated franchises. Um maybe it's just because that's not necessarily where I'd lean, but I would want to see like do your own Salmon Max since you can't do Salmon Max no more. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Telltale came back, people had all these ideas for what they should do and other licenses they should get just because that's kind of what we're known for them doing. But they they are a studio that has, or at least had, who's to say now, we, we don't know. Benefit of the doubt, it could be great, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I was thinking like, yeah, Knives Out would be great for Telltale. Get a Benoit Blanc Telltale game. That'd be so good. Get a Conquer's Bad Fur Day we talked about on this show. That that would be a good one. Scooby-Doo feels obvious and kind of surprising that it didn't happen. I wonder how big Futurama would be. Cause like yeah, that, you brought up Futurama before. I guess Disney owns it now, so that would be tough. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not like Simpsons huge... Adult Swim just recently got the rights back to Futurama to air it again. So I wonder, like, how willing to play ball they are. But still, at the same time, it kind of reminds me of uh, Retro Studios, how they do a lot of... uh, They've done Metroid, they've done Donkey Kong. As far as I'm aware, have they done, like, any original IP things? They've only, at this point, done two Donkey Kong countries and three Metroid Primes. And that's the only thing the studio's ever done. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, after Tropical Freeze, I was thinking, like, yeah, I would love a new Donkey Kong game. More than anything, I'd love more Donkey Kong. But I would like to see them do their own thing, something they can kind of, even if it's, like, for Nintendo and Nintendo IP, something they can kind of leave their own footprint on. Yeah, that one's a bit different because ever since before Metroid Prime came out, Retros has been fully owned by Nintendo. It's, It's not like they're a different company. Yeah, exactly. So during those time periods, Metroid did effectively belong to Retro and Donkey Kong Country did effectively belong to Retro. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, I guess it would... there, there's nothing that I would associate with them from an aesthetic or um, intellectual property point of view. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, how Banjo-Kazooie, originally just fully owned by Nintendo, but I wouldn't, like, consider it a game Nintendo made. I would still consider it, like, Rare's game that they created. I would want to see something like that for Retro at some point. Yeah, especially because, like, Rare had that same deal at first. They had, uh, I mean, not at first. They, they had other things that they definitely owned themselves, like Battletoads and... Like, Conquer they published on their own. Well, well, that was after, but like before yeah. that, Battletoads and, and Saber Wolf and Jet. Oh, Man, you're so. talking about before the Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, because because then then they did Donkey Kong Country, which they they can't fully own, right? But they had that yeah. was like associated with the name of the studio. Right. Uh, Killer Instinct, which was, I guess, fully theirs, but like a smaller team at Rare did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Goldeneye, which is like you're never gonna own goldeneye outright yeah you can't own james bond you can't own the wind and (laughs) uh and and finally like banjo kazooie kind of felt like okay of everything that rare did this is a big hit and it it's fully associated with them 
Uh, yeah, like, it's their IP that they created and just yeah. can go all out with. Even though, yes, Nintendo had the rights to it. It was it was yeah. their thing. Their studio is going to be... Uh, Banjo and Kazooie effectively became their mascots in an unofficial way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Telltale just doesn't have that. Telltale... I guess you were talking about retro as well. Yeah, retro kind of doesn't have that. But Telltale really just doesn't... Didn't... Never got that. Yeah, and, you know, maybe some studios are fine with that. Maybe they're fine just being like, okay, they're giving us this property to work with. Awesome, we can do that. Maybe they don't... I'm sure some people there would want to, like, make something original, but, like, as a studio, maybe they're just, like, fine with this path. And that's fine, too, I guess. Yeah, as someone who is currently working on a licensed game, I, you know, from our perspective as developers, I think that we're thinking about it very much in, in terms of this is our game. This is we're, we're really putting our own own spin on this thing, on this license. We're, we're uh, staying faithful to the source material while also doing our own thing within it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if I were like 20 years on and on the same team the, the whole time and thinking back and i only worked on licensed games i'd probably think like well i i, I guess I, I don't know i would have liked to have come up with something that we got to uh continue to, to own and work on and things yeah something that you can have like full creative control of yeah i'm currently very happy on my project and team by the way i i feel like i, I should clarify that yeah it's, it's going well i'm, I'm yeah. having a good time like, I don't want to say, like, going one way or the other is uh, bad. I just feel like if it were me personally, I, w- I would probably get sick of working on, like, nonstop. It's like, if I was where you were, and I'm not, so I can't say, but, like, and I was just, like, working on Star Wars forever, I don't know if I would be satisfied with that. Well, I'm not doing anything forever is, yeah, well, is I guess, yeah. the, the opposite side of that. You know, I'm... I'm yeah. I've been working on Star Wars for a while, but I'm also having a you know a, a great time with it. And and uh, yeah, if and that you're ever doing changes, a Telltale podcast I'll, I'll now, change. that's not Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I think the 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 point of the matter though is, was it a good thing or bad thing for Telltale? Well, in how it went in the end with Telltale, where the company dissolved and all of their intellectual property was the games that they don't get to like continue forever being associated with because they're all part of other things i guess it was a bad thing it it ended up being a bad thing for them in that instance yeah like even if telltale's back now like they're big ones i would say i mean this is just me i but i would say sam and max and walking dead neither of which they have and can do anything with now hmm yeah well Uh, (laughs) that's been the episode (laughs) Uh, join us next week when we talk about Minecraft Story Mode Season 1, Episode 3. And until next time, have a great summer! Have a great summer, you guys! <laughs> 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 <laughs>